Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 102 of Screwball, and we are moving on to our final 2022 predictions for the MLB season. Uh, as per our episodes in 2021 and 2020, we are going to run through our projected standings with records uh, for each division, and then we're going to get into our seeding for the playoffs, how the playoffs are going to shake out, give away some awards, and just overall kind of take a look at where we think everything's going to fall for players and teams in the 2022 season. Uh, so if you listen to the, the series leading up to this, we gave our impressions on uh, each team in each division. Obviously some of that, uh, you know, some of the information we had at that point was, is outdated because it was, some of it was pre CBA uh, stuff. So this is now, you know, a few days before the season, this will go live a day before the season starts. We have pretty much all the information we need to kind of make proper predictions. So we're going to run through um, each league, three divisions each. We're going to go back and forth and just kind of give our impressions on each division and where we kind of see teams sitting. So let's start, as we always do, in the AL East division. My projected standings for the AL East this year are the Yankees winning the division at 97-65. and 65. I have the Blue Jays in second uh, at 95-67, and 67, uh, getting a wild card spot. I have the Rays in third at 89-73, and 73, also getting a wild card spot. I have the Red Sox in fourth at 82 and 80, and I have the Orioles in fifth at 59 and 103. As for the AL Central, I have the White Sox winning the division at 162. I have the Twins in second at 88 and 74. I have the Tigers in third at 80 and 82. I have the Guardians in fourth at 77 and 85. And I have the Royals in last at 75 and 87. As for the AL West, I have the Mariners winning the division at 93 and 69. I have the Astros coming in second at 92 and 70, getting the final wild card spot. I have the Angels at 86 and 76 in third, the Rangers at 77 and 85 in fourth, and finally in fifth, I have the Athletics at 65 and 97. So just to recap before I let Frank take over with his uh, AL standings. I have the one seed being the White Sox, two seed being the Yankees, three seed being the Mariners, the four seed being the Blue Jays, five seed being the Astros, and the sixth and final seed in the wild card being the Rays. Um, and we'll get into kind of reasonings, you know, later as the playoffs, as we start to talk about the playoffs more. Yeah, yeah. So some of our predictions are pretty similar here. <clears throat> um, in the AL East, I have the Yankees at 98 and 64 winning the division. Blue Jays at 97 and 65. The Rays at 89 and 73. Red Sox 84 and 60, 68. And the Orioles at 58 and 104. <clears throat> In the AL Central, I have the White Sox at 97 and 65. Tigers at 85 and 67. The Twins at 84 and 68. The Guardians at 75 and 87. And the Royals at 70 and 92. And the AL West, I have the Angels winning the division at 94 and 68. The Mariners at 88 and 74. Astros at 87 and 75. The Rangers at 71 and 91. 
and the A's at 68-94. So, for the AL playoffs, I have the Yankees as a one seed, the White Sox as a two seed, the Angels as a three seed, the Blue Jays as the four seed, the Rays as the five seed, and the Mariners as the six seed. So the Mariners finally break their their playoff their playoff drought here. Yeah, I have. Um, I I mean I you know I have these teams kind of where <laughs> I have them. You know, just to get into a few of them, I'm not going to get into like the Orioles at 59 and 103, but just to run through some of these teams real quick, I do think that the AL East will be the most competitive. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays making the playoffs. I think that those three teams are pretty interchangeable. I think you can see the Rays win the division easily again just because that's what they do. Um, I think the Blue Jays are very impressive, and I think their offense is, is mostly impressive. I just don't think, quite think the pitching as a whole is all there yet to win the division, but they're going to be they're going to be pretty high and, and get the top wild card. Uh, AL Central's again, not going to be that competitive, but I think teams did get better. Um, twins are more or less the same, but they're going to be better from last year. I think they, I think they got to be. Tigers are just getting better, and the White Sox, pretty much kind of like last year, are, are just good. Uh, as for the West, I think the Astros, it's their time has kind of come. Uh, I think they're still good. I think they still have a lot of talent, but it's kind of – I think it's time to give the mantle to someone else. You have the Angels, I have the Mariners. Uh, I think that both teams, uh, Mariners especially, have just so much young talent coming. It's hard to say when their time is. And the Angels, something's got to give, and that talent's all got to be put together one year. You know what I mean? There's got to be at some point where all this talent comes together. And who knows, trade deadline comes and they get some pitching, and they're really off to the races. So that's kind of what I was thinking with the AL. And how about you if you want to run through some of some of your teams real quick before we get to the NL, your kind of thought process. Yeah, I mean, in the A, at least you got the Yankees. I think that last year they struggled uh, quite a bit, and they still, you know, won some games. I think this year some of that struggles kind of, you know, maybe end for some of their players. Some of those guys get back to the back of their baseball card numbers, so they'll be able to put up, you know, a more consistent year. Blue Jays up and coming still. They're still adding pieces. The young guys are kind of here. They're ready to win, mm-hmm. so they're going to be, you know, right down the, you know, the heels of the Yankees. The Rays, um, I just feel like, again, like similar to last year, they didn't add a lot of talent. They lost more talent in the offseason than they gained. Um, I think that's going to catch up to them a little bit here. They've still got to put up a good year and be in the playoffs. But um, especially with the division only getting better, I feel like they, they could definitely struggle there. The AL Central, the White Sox are the, are the best team. I don't think it's really that close. And the AL Central is not much there. I do the Tigers right outside the playoff hunt. I think they made a lot of additions. They have a lot of young guys. They're kind of, you know – ready to compete. Um, so I think they're going to really sneak up there and, and surprise some people. They have some really young pitching. The Twins, they added Correa. They added a couple pieces like Gary Sanchez and stuff, but they just didn't didn't add enough. Correa is a great add. Sanchez and Urshela really are just, they don't really do too, too much. But they didn't add any pitching, which was really their biggest problem, was pitching in their bullpen. They didn't really add any of that, so I don't see that really changing. And the division really only got better with the Tigers being better, White Sox still being good. Um, and the Royals and, and, and Guardians still being decent, I feel like the Twins still are. They're going to be better than last year. There's, there's not enough. There's just not enough pitching to really compete. Mm-hmm. AL West, um, it's more open now. The A's gave up, right? They got rid of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangers getting better, still a ways away. I think their pitching's still not that great. <clears throat> the Astros, I got them in third place, missing the playoffs. I just feel like they lost Correa, Springer in the recent years. They're putting a lot of faith in Verlander. Um, come off Tommy John at 40 years old, well, just about 40 years old. Granky out the, you know, he left. McCullough's already hurt. Mm-hmm. Bullpen having some issues. I just feel like their their windows kind of shut or closing, and they're just not going to be able to really compete with this division. Also getting better, 
the Rangers getting better than they were. The A's obviously aren't that great, but the Mariners are now a lot better. The Angels, if they can stay healthy. Um, got the Mariners breaking their curse there in second place, making it to the playoffs. Um, they just have a lot of young talent. They made a lot of moves. Robbie Ray, Jesse Winker, um, they got Julio Rodriguez they're calling up. Um, they just they're, they made a lot of moves. They're ready to go. They want to compete. Um, and they see the Astros kind of more as a weakness now, so this is their time to shine. And I got the Angels winning the division just because if they're healthy um, offensively, they're one of the better offensive teams around. Syndergaard, he's away from the Mets. It just seems to be that's how it goes. Some players just leave the Mets, and they're just really good. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Maybe he's healthy, and they, he, he could be like kind of an ace for them. Um, and then they maybe add a pitcher here or there, and, you know, there they are. But their offense is so good, and their defense really is going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just I see that they could really just sneak away, you know. just start. They start off better, too. They always have bad starts. Oh, they're going to yeah. start off a little bit better. They could definitely win that division, you know, and I don't think it's going to take a whole bunch of games to win that division either. So I got yeah. the Angels winning the division. Um, they just have a lot, a lot of superstar talent, and if they could just stay healthy, relatively healthy, I just feel like they could, they could beat a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean, people forget that Anthony Rendon's on that team. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he stays healthy. I mean, that's think about how many RBIs and what kind of batting yeah. average you can bring to the team. So and, and fielding. And you also have Joe Adele, mm-hmm. who's up and coming, and Brandon Marsh. And Jared Walsh showed what he could do last year. And Dave Fletcher's a great, you know, top or bottom hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, should help if he can stay healthy. Iglesias. I mean, they have a lot of pieces. Joe Madden's definitely going to be able to work, work around that. They oh, just, yeah. need, the, they just yeah. need the big three to kind of be on the field. Yeah, and that's that seems to be always their problems. There's something, there, some roadblock hits them. And uh, if they can jump over that, then they could probably, I think this is the year that the competitiveness is kind of, everyone's reaching a, the same level. I think they could hur- hurdle that and, and go right to the, to the uh, division title. So uh, we'll see with that. But the, uh, yeah, that's one of the more exciting divisions, I think. Obviously, the AL East has a lot of talent, but this division is going to be a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a scramble. Uh, let's move on to the NL side. So same deal. We'll go from East to West. So for the NL East, I have the Braves winning the division at 99 and 63. I have the Mets coming in second at 93 and 69, getting a wild card spot. I have the Phillies at 89 and 73 in third place. I have the Marlins in fourth place at 75 and 87, and I have the Nationals in last at 73 and 89. As for the NL Central, I have the Cardinals winning the division at 94 and 68. I have the Brewers in second at 90 and 72, getting a wild card spot. I have the Cubs in third at 82 and 80. I have the Reds in fourth at 77 and 85, and I have the Pirates in last at 55 and 107. In the NL West, I have the Dodgers win, winning the division at 102 and 60. I have the Padres in second at 97 and 65, which is good for a wild card spot. I have the Giants in third at 81 and 81. I have the Diamondbacks in fourth at 75 and 87, and I have the Rockies in fifth at 70 and 92. Uh, I have the Dodgers as the one seed. I have the Braves as the two seed. Cardinals as the three seed, and then the wild cards are Padres are the one seed as the wild card, the four seed, Mets are the five seed, and Brewers are the six seed. So that's how the six teams I have for the playoffs, and my uh, those are my NL standings. So that's kind of where I see each division shaking out. I think the NL Central is the least competitive of, of the three divisions uh, overall, where I think the top of the NL East and the top of the NL West is is some of the some of the most talent you'll see in the league. Um, whether it translates to a record or, or you know, uh, to a title or anything, I think that regardless, you just got a lot of talent on those teams. And it's just you know hard to ignore. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking with the NL. Uh, I think there's there's going to be some 
you know, some really good races there, especially in the, the East and the West, like I said. And I think you very easily could see some World Series winners coming out yeah. of, you know, this this whole league here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, in the National League, the NL East, I have the Braves at 96 and 66 winning the division. The Mets, as Mike had, 93 and 69 in second place. Phillies, 87 and 75. Uh, the Phillies are a good team. They could definitely do some damage there. Just It's hard to kind of pin them at this to- at this point, especially yeah. with other talent. Um, but they're a sleeper team there. Uh, the Marlins at 73 and 89. Nationals at 69 and 93. NL Central, I had the Cardinals at 100 wins and 62 losses. The win of the division, the Brewers at 90 and 72, the Cubs at 78 and 84, the Reds at 68 and 94, unfortunately, uh, and the Pirates, I, I, I have them at 50 and 112, and they could lose even more games. They could win 30 games, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, they're not good. So, I think uh, if they make the playoffs, me and Mike will, will buy tickets and go. I'm in. And Mike will get a tattoo on his head with the Pirates oh, logo. Back to the Orioles bet, huh? <laughs> this is... Probably a even more safer bet. Yeah, I'd say so. I but would definitely say so. You never know. It's expanded playoffs now. That's true. Go right on top of his head. Shave his head. And get a Pirates logo on top of his head. God. So, in the NL West, I have the Padres winning the division at 101 and 61. The Dodgers in second, 99 and 63. Giants 82 and 80. Diamondbacks at 70 and 92. And the Rockies at 66 and 96. So that leaves my playoff teams here for the NL. Padres as a one seed, Cardinals as a two seed, Braves as a three seed, the four seed being the Dodgers, the five seed being the Mets, and the six seed being the Brewers. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, more or less, I'd say uh, we have pretty much the same uh, playoff field heading out there, except uh, you have the Angels in the AL. So, and, you know, I, I would say most people kind of agree with that whole playoff the field. You know, whether however you have seeding or however you have division people, this is kind of where you have your teams. So I don't think that I don't think we're really far fetched in a lot of these, um, in a lot of these uh, seating and standings. Um, so I'm gonna run through my playoffs up to the World Series and then give you my World Series outcome, and then Frank's gonna do the same and um, and we'll see how close we were with our World Series predictions. Uh, so for the AL playoffs, again this is the new playoff format, so there's going to be a buy. So the there's not just one wild card game; it's two wild card series, and there's two teams that get a buy. Just as a reminder, um, for why we're talking about seeding and and all that stuff. So, uh, the first wild card series I have is the three seed versus the six seed. So the top divisional seed essentially that didn't get a buy, and the worst uh, wild card seed. So I have the Mariners at the three seed, Rays at six seed. I have the Rays beating them in in three games. It goes all the way to the three game series, um, even at Mariners. Um, the Rays are just a scrappy team. They just figure it out. Then I have Blue Jays as the four seed versus the Astros as the five seed. I have the Blue Jays advancing because um, I have a, I have a lot of trepidation about the Astros season. I think they'll still be good, but I just think that it's kind of time almost for them. And I think the Blue Jays are, are way more up and coming. Um, I think that they just got so much talent. So I have them winning in three games. Uh, as for the division series, then, I have the White Sox as the one seed playing the Rays, the six seed, who won out of the wild card series. I have the White Sox advancing uh, in four games. I have them beating them pretty handedly. Uh, and then for the other division series, I have the Yankees at the two seed versus the Blue Jays at the four seed, the other uh, wild card winner. I have the Blue Jays advancing in five games. I just think that the Yankees at this point, I have no hope in the playoffs. So <laughs> they could win They could win 115 games and get to the playoffs, and I have no hope. So um, Also, that's... Not to just just a knock against the Yankees. Blue Jays are very good. So I mean, 
you give the Blue Jays some momentum heading into the playoffs, I think they could do anything. And then, as for the championship series, that would obviously mean the one-seed White Sox would face the four-seed Blue Jays. I have the White Sox winning the championship series in six games over the Blue Jays, and I have Eloy Jimenez as the ALCS MVP. Uh, Over on the NL side, I have the three-seed Cardinals versus the six-seed Brewers in the first round of the wild card. Uh, I have the Cardinals sweeping them in two games. Uh, I think the Brewers might fall into the same trap they did last year. Um, where it's just, you know, they just, the playoffs come and they don't figure it out. Even all that pitching that they have, just, it doesn't work. Uh, the other wild card series, I have the Padres at the four seed versus the Mets at the five seed. I have the Padres advancing in three games over the Mets. They're still the Mets, even with the talent they have. <laughs> and I think the Padres are, are set for a resurgence season here. Uh, for the division series, I have the Dodgers as the one seed versus the Padres at the four seed. I have the Padres actually beating the Dodgers, big rivalry there, uh, in five games. As for the other division series, I have the Braves at the two seed versus the Cardinals at the three seed. I have the Braves uh, over them in four games. Uh, I just think the Braves' talent is really good. Um, not to say the Cardinals' talent isn't really good. I just think that they Braves almost seemingly got better after winning the World Series, so I think they'll be just fine. So that means in the NLCS, I have the Braves at the two seed versus the Padres at the four seed. I have the Padres winning in seven games going to the World Series. Um, and I have Fernando Tatis Jr. as the NLCS MVP. Whether he actually performs at those stats, um, he definitely can. I mean, he's, he's good. He could, he could hit two home runs and, and they'll give him the award. So I think that is A, you know, he is a good player. But B, I think that he's as, uh, you know, a young big star of the game. I think they give it to him just because for that maybe reason alone. So getting to the World Series, that means I have the White Sox as the one seed in the AL versus the Padres as the four seed in the NL, at which I have the White Sox taking it all, winning in six games against the Padres uh, to win the World Series. And I have Tim Anderson as the World Series MVP. Um, I think Tim Anderson is like kind of Tatis-esque or you could say Tatis gets Tim Anderson ask whichever way you want to go with it. Uh, he's got flair for the dramatic. Uh, he hit that big walk-off home run during the Field of Dreams uh, game. He's a big part of the the superstar, <laughs> the showmanship of the game. And I think that he's a guy that is a little bit of a leader on that team. And if they're going to head and win the World Series, I think you kind of got ahead of him at the spearhead. Um, so I think it makes sense for him to to really break out and, and help them win the series. And that's kind of what I got. I got the White Sox being basically the best in the AL and running through it. And the Padres having a bit of a surprise. Not a huge surprise because they're a good team, but a surprise from last season, comeback season. I think that they they get close, but I don't think they, they're quite quite there yet. Yeah. So that's that's how my playoffs are shaking out. Yeah. Um, I guess some of these things are pretty similar um, in my uh, AL playoffs. I have the six-seed Mariners facing off the, at the Angels. Three-seed, I have the Angels winning. That leaves the Rays as the five-seed versus the Blue Jays as the four-seed. I have the Blue Jays winning. <clears throat> For the divisional round, I have the Blue Jays at Yankees, who the Yankees as the one-seed. I have the Yankees winning three games to two. The other divisional series, I have the Angels at White Sox. I have the White Sox winning three games to one. Obviously, I think the White Sox just have more pitching and depth than the Angels will have, um, but that could definitely be a good series. And the Blue Jays-Yankees series, I just think that they, they know each other. I think the Yankees, you know, if they're going to win that many games, they're going to be more back to that how they should be playing. And they do have some veteran leadership there compared to the Blue Jays. They're still kind of, you know, wild and young. So I think that's, you know, where that'll take off. Um, the championship series, I have the White Sox at the Yankees. I have the White Sox winning the ALCS four games, four games to two, so in, in six games. 
And I have the ALCS MVP being Luis Robert. Again, the White Sox just have a lot of talent. The Yankees, they still have some holes in their lineup and when their team overall. The White Sox obviously do too. Every team does. But the White Sox, I feel like, can, can really match more at October baseball. Maybe more ball and play, a little bit better defense, run the bases a little bit better. Um, and I think they did win out on the manager side as well. Um, so I have the White Sox going to the World Series. Slimmer to Mike here. Um, on the National League side, I have the Brewers as the sixth seed versus the Braves as a three seed. I have the Braves winning in the wild card there. For the other wild card, I have the Mets as the five seed and the Dodgers as the four seed. I have the Mets winning that series. That's, of course, thinking that maybe Scherzer and DeGrom are going to both be there. Um, if that's the case, I just feel like the Dodgers don't have pitching to compete and their offense will be more stifled with two pitchers like that. Um, in the divisional series, I have the Mets at the Padres. The Padres as the one seed. I have the Padres winning in five games, three games to two. Uh, Padres, of course, is getting better, as you mentioned. They just add the pieces. They have depth. They should, you know, Tatis would be back by then after all his injuries problems will possibly be back. <laughs> um, they just have a lot of talent. Um, the other side, the other divisional series is the Braves versus the Cardinals, or Braves at Cardinals. It's every year. They play each other every year in the playoffs. That's how it goes. I have the Cardinals winning three games to one. The Braves are a very good team. It's just very hard to repeat. Um, they did lose their leader, Freddie Freeman, and it's just it's super hard to repeat. It's just it's how it is. It's just mm-hmm. tough to do, um, and the Cardinals have a lot of depth. So that leads the Cardinals at the Padres in the NLCS. I have the Cardinals winning in, se- in seven over the Padres. Again, the Cardinals' depth, their veteran leadership, uh, with Pujols being back, Molina's last year, Pujols last year, Wainwright's possible last year. The veteran leadership there, um, their depth, their ability to, to you know run the bases, play defense, hit the ball. The Padres are a lot more swing and miss. Um, haven't been there, team, right? They just don't, not not there. The Cardinals have so much veteran leadership. I just feel like they'll they'll take that. They'll be able to just kind of almost you know steal that and just their veteran leadership. And the NLCS MVP would be Dylan Carlson. So that would leave my World Series as the White Sox and the Cardinals. I have the Cardinals winning the World Series in, in six games. And I have the World Series MVP, MVP being Tyler O'Neal. Um, the Cardinals, again, I've said it for a couple weeks now. They have just a lot of depth. Jack, Jack Flaherty's not seriously hurt at this point with his shoulder. He should be back here in a couple weeks. Wainwright, he's just changed his way of pitching, and he's back better maybe now than ever. Mm-hmm. They have Pujols back. That's just going to just re-energize them. Molina's last year. Pujols last year. Wainwright's possible last year. <clears throat> like I said, their depth, their ability to run the bases, defense, make contact, play that October st- October style of baseball. Um, their never die attitude that the whole organization has. Their bullpen ha- is is pretty strong, um, especially Alex Reyes will be back um, in a couple months. Mm. They have pieces in the minors to make big trades, so they can go trade for a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher or a position player if they need it. Mm. Um, so they just have a lot of flexibility. I just feel like they're just they're going to have so much energy and momentum because of those older veteran guys giving it their last hurrah, kind of like the Giants did with Buster Posey, mm-hmm. that they're just, it's just something else. And the Cardinals, they're just, they're one of the best teams. And then the Cardinals, who hosts Molina Wainwright facing their old manager, La Russa. I don't know. That just seems, seems appropriate. Yeah. It seems pretty great. So I have the Cardinals winning the world series there. World series MVP being Tyler O'Neill. And just, um, that would be quite, quite an exciting World Series that would be. Sure it would be. Those yeah. teams are built pretty similar, I think. I, mm-hmm. think the, I think the Cardinals maybe just have a little bit more, maybe a little bit more depth and just veteran leadership. So I think that's where they take that. Right. 
Yeah, so. uh, I mean, talk about an exciting World Series. I mean, that, yes. that'd be an all-time classic. That would be very exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, we both have the White Sox in there. Um, I think I even had the White Sox in there, maybe not last year, but I think the year prior. Um, I do think highly of the White Sox. I think they have a lot of talent, and I think it's just a matter of putting it together for a run. You know, yeah. I, I don't think either of us really doubt that. Um, Cardinals, I, I do have win the division pretty soundly. I have them getting to the division series very are, uh, yeah, getting the division series very soundly. So I do think highly of them. Um, and I think that a, a perfect, you know, storybook ending to Yachty and Pujols would be a World Series win and beating Tony La Russa would be kind of cool. Um, so I'm not going to necessarily disagree with that. I like that idea. Um, but I do think the Padres um, do have a lot of talent and pitching depth to the nth degree. Is there, If their pitching just doesn't end up like it did last season, even half of that, then um, they're going to be just fine in that division. Whether they actually make the World Series like I have them here or not, I think they'll be just fine regardless. Yeah. So Yeah, I, um, I think you know. the, yeah, I definitely think those two teams, you know, the Padres have a lot of talent. I just feel like they do have a lot of pitching depth. They just don't have someone you can really rely on as their ace and that veteran leader at this point. And their bullpen, I just, I don't know. Their bullpen's, bullpen's kind of been like an issue kind of for them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatis health, obviously another big, huge issue. So yep. my one last small thing for the for the regular season here is the All Star Game. I have the American League beating the National League nine to five, and uh, All Star Game MVP being Aaron Judge. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a good bet. You got to figure Judge would win it at some point. He's got a home run derby uh, crown and you know All Star Game crown to go with that too. Nicely, you know. So I'll go with that. <laughs> I don't have one, but I'll just go with it. So the next segment we kind of do here is we move on to the awards, and then from the awards we kind of move on to stat leaders. Uh, we don't go into every little stat there is. We don't really get into the sabermetric stats either. It's just the big ones, home runs, uh, average, wins leader, K leader, you know, all that stuff. So uh, let's get into the awards first. So we'll do the big four MVPs, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, and then we also have the Comeback Player of the Year. So for my MV- my two MVP winners – uh, in the AL and NL, I have in the AL, I have Rafael Devers. And in the NL, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. At this point, well, before he gets hurt, Ronald Acuna Jr. is a more safe MVP vet bet. You know, even if it's even if it doesn't work out, you can't really blame someone for going there. I think that it's more of a stretch now with him being out with his injury and his injury, his proneness to injury. But I still think that he's a kind of guy that can really put up a lot of stats quickly. And he's just that talented. And I think with where I have the Braves in the season, I think you're going to need him to kind of put those kind of wins together. And then in the AL, I think Rafael Devers, while I don't have the Red Sox having that great of a season, Rafael Devers just always has home runs, always has RBIs, puts the team on his back, has a good average, has okay defense. Um, although, I mean, you know, how much they consider defense in the MVP, I don't know. But yeah, I just think that, that Devers is a little bit of a dark horse, and I, I think the guy's really super talented, and he just seems to be getting better. So... Uh, I have as my MVPs Devers and uh, Cunha. For me, the AL MVP, I have Luis Robert. I just think the guy is uber talented. He is just, no one really talks about him in the upper echelon of players, but he is one of the top players in all of baseball. He is that Mike Trout-esque player. And we've seen last year when he came back from injury, he battled like 333 down the stretch there for like a month or two. I think it was like almost two months. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy has home run, home run uh, power, you know, middle-of-the-order power. He has speed to be at the top of the lineup. His defense is phenomenal. Um, he can hit for average. I think um, he's just a great, great electric player 
who will just fit right in with, you know, fits right in with Tim Anderson there and the White Sox. And if the White Sox are going to go as far as, they're, you know, they're going to go. They need, a, you know, an MVP type of run out of him. Um, in the National League, I went pretty safe here. Juan Soto, he's been in the running almost every year. Um, the guy's just consistent as they come. You know, he's going to bat 300. He's going to hit some home runs. He's going to steal some bases. People love him. He's just a great face for baseball. I feel like, you know, as long as he puts up a pretty good year, he's in the hunt. And if he just puts up a year that he definitely could put up as he's, you know, well, 24 years old, he's only, you know, growing, he can easily win, you know, the MVP there. Um, and also, he does kind of have a contract coming up here pretty soon too. So mm-hmm. he's going to have that, you know, kind of as a extra you know incentive to want to really put up an MVP year here. So mm-hmm. I got him as my National League MVP, um, even on a, on a relatively not good team. Yeah, no, I think Soto's fantastic. I love that guy, and he was my other. He would have been my other choice for NL MVP. I think he's just fantastic, and he always puts up stats, average home runs, everything. Uh, for the Cy Young awards uh, in the AL and NL, maybe not too much of a surprise here. In the AL, I have Garrett Cole. If the Yankees are going to be good, he's going to kind of have to be the guy, you know, putting them on on his back. And he came in second in the Cy Young voting last year, and comparatively to his other seasons, was not very good. You know, he's obviously still put up a good amount of strikeouts and ERA and stuff, but he had some rough patches, and um, a lot of Yankee fans turned their ire to him when they lost the wildcard game. So I think he's going to be just fine. Great pitcher, winning ace mentality, uh, and I think that he's, even in bad years, is, you know, leagues above some other pitchers. So I think he'll be fine in the AL. And then the NL, for the Cy Young, I have Zach Wheeler. I think he got a little bit of a snub last year. Um, I think that he is a workhorse at this point through and through he's going to have a lot of innings a lot of strikeouts and um i I just think that if the phillies are going to be better he'll get a little bit more run support maybe he'll have a little bit more backing on better you know bullpen pitching is potential you know there's potential out there in their bullpen so i just think that zach wheeler maybe finally puts it all together for a real cy young uh year this year so i have garrett cole in the al and zach wheeler in the nl for cy young yeah america league uh, you know i can't fault you there because i got garrett cole as well as you said, he's gonna you know he gets his wins with that with that lineup for the most part. His strikeouts are always there. Um, he's he's this battle, uh, you know, warrior kind of guy. So he's gonna put up his numbers, you know, through and through. Um, nationally, I have Walker Buehler. I think he doesn't really get as much credit for as dominant as he's been. How important he has been to the Dodgers, because Kershaw hasn't been the best pitcher for the Dodgers, and I don't think he's been the best pitcher for the Dodgers maybe two, maybe even three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really stands because Walker Buehler's been there. Walker Buehler has been one of their most dominant one of their most dominant players and one of the more dominant pitchers in all of baseball. Um, I think this year he's really going to prove and show people, hey, man, this, this Bueller guy is, is, is pretty good. It's mm-hmm. not just Kershaw all these years. Right. And Kershaw kind of more on the back slope of his career. So I think Walker Bueller really shines there. Uh, and with that lineup, he should get a lot of wins. He does strike out a decent amount of people, but his ERA is always pretty low. He just kind of keeps the runs off the board, and then he's going to get so many runs support. You know, he's a guy who can win 25 games. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, pound for pound, their best pitcher. Even if you take away all the, the controversy with Bauer and say he has a fully healthy and full season, I think Walker Bueller is just leaps and bounds their yeah. best pitcher. Yeah, I mean, that lineup, like I said, he could win 25 games. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, so let's move on to Rookie of the Year. Uh, in the AL, I have Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, making the announcement that he made their Royals opening day roster. He's the number one prospect in baseball. He has absolutely torn apart minor league hitting, uh, you know, or minor league pitching, I should say. Um, I think that he's ready to go for the big leagues. Um, obviously not on a great Royals team, 
but I think that the guy's uber talented, and I don't think it'll take much for him to take home the rookie of the year. For the NL, uh, I have Joey Bart, the catcher, out with the Giants. Uh, I think in a kind of, you know, stepping into Buster Posey's shoes type deal, I think that he's he could be definitely ready for that role. You know, to say fill Buster Posey's shoes, big shoes to fill, but I think that he, someone like this, could be ready to go. I think he's um, going to put up good offensive stats, which is good enough for uh, just just the catching position alone, let alone a rookie. So I think for those reasons, at, at his position, uh, I think that they'll probably give him the nod. I think that he's going to have a pretty good year um, yeah. comparatively. Uh, but rookie of the year this year is pretty tough. So yeah, I got to yeah. say, you got to put up, you can't just put up a 250 average and they'll call you the rookie of the year. Yeah. You got to have a good year. Yeah. Um, for me, again, the AL, I have Bobby Wood Jr. as well. Um, I think the guy just does everything you ask of him. Home run, speed, defense. You know, he's got some flash to him. Pretty sure he's got the long hair, or he had the longer hair at one point. Um, it just kind did. of kind of fits that that bill of just exciting players, you know. Kind of, you know, see him maybe having like a Jonathan India kind of year is what I kind of see him possibly having. But he's got some superstar talent. But there is a lot of, you know, American League uh, guys here, Julio Rodriguez and, and, and guys like that, uh, Spencer Torkelson. You know, Rodriguez, the pitcher for the Orioles, as well as Adelie Rushman. Yeah. Um, you know, even, you know, Volpe for the Yankees is, is a real sleeper pick. It matters if he ever gets called up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of players there. Um, Christian Pache, I believe, still has rookie um, eligibility too. Um, so there's a lot of guys there in the American League. Um, in the National League, I have O'Neill Cruz. Um, one, he's six seven, six eight, shortstop. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Incredible. But he's a great player. He's a great player. And I think also with the Pirates being so bad, if he can kind of bring a little light, a little excitement, a little – kind of shine to that organization, have put up a good year, he'll be able to steal that award pretty pretty easily just because, you know, it's 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 hard to do that. Um, and if you can just give life to an organization, that I mean, that's almost more important than anything else you could do, mm-hmm. right? So um, that's why I got him and O'Neill Cruz. And he's, you know, that's like having Judge at shortstop. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is incredible. I've been hearing about him for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I think you put him and Brian Hayes next to each other, that's just excitement. Right. Yeah, and the Cole Tucker is out there. Another guy was pretty young. Brian Reynolds is still there for now, so they have some up and coming pieces. But O'Neill Cruz, I think, could win it. Just like I said, we just just bring some excitement to the Pirates, give the fans something to root for. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll just take that award right home. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, the guy's supposed to be really good, and like you said, being that tall at shortstop that's is incredible. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's incredible if you could be that big and move that well to play shortstop mm-hmm. at a high level. I mean, a, an unbelievably high level. That's incredible. Yeah, props to you. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, and hopefully for the Pirates, they have something there where their left side of the infield is pretty short up. You know, they could, there's where you start building. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's move on to the final of the big four of the, the awards, the Manager of the Year Award. Um, no surprise here based on who I have in the World Series. I have in the AL, Tony La Russa. They're, you know, just add to the accolades of Tony La Russa. Not like he really needs it, but uh, I think as an older head of the game um, – you know, a little more old school style baseball, uh, leading a, a team of guys that are almost all new style baseball, I think is, is, is a testament to how good Tony La Russa is as a manager. And I think he would deserve it. Uh, as far as the NL manager of the year, Bob Melvin, that's always a safe pick. Uh, Bob Melvin is, is one of the best managers there is. And I think coming over the Padres, he can really turn that ship around and, and give it a 180. And, and like I have them here in the, in the world series. So, Based on kind of how I think the season's going to go, I think Tony LaRusso and Bob Melvin are, are going to be your managers of the year. I think that they're both – they should they could both be candidates for manager of the year every year. They're that yeah. they're, they're just great. They're great guys. Yeah. Um, for me, 
This is pretty similar to last year. I have uh, AL manager of the year, Joe Madden. I feel like if he can keep the Angels healthy and he can get the Angels to the playoffs, get Trout to the playoffs, Otani to the playoffs, Rendon back to the playoffs, guys like that to the playoffs, I feel like he's he's got to be American League uh, manager of the year, right? And he's just he's beloved by sports writers and people around because of his, you know, just unorthodox way about doing things. Mm-hmm. And the NL, I have the rookie manager from the Cardinals, Oliver Marmel. Um Again, I got the Cardinals going to the World Series and winning the World Series. If that, they do that with a rookie manager dealing with Molina's retirement, kind of retirement tour, possibly Rainwright's, Poole's retirement tour. I mean, I can't see how that guy's not yeah. manager of the year, right? Um, Absolutely. But underdog pick there, too, out, out in the NL is Buck Showalter. Yeah. If he can keep the Mets on the right track. I mean, that's – just keep them on the right track. You're already towards, right at the top of the winning list because not really many people can seem to be able to do that with the Mets. Mm-hmm. So and being a couple of years out of baseball, you know, I just he could easily do it too. But my pick is Oliver Marmol for the Cardinals. Like reason why I got him winning the World Series. I mean, that usually wins you a award. Yeah, yeah. No, that would uh, yeah absolutely make sense if that happens. I mean, the, you know, that'd be pretty pretty impressive. One of the lesser awards, not one of the uh, the bigger ones at the uh, I forget the acronym the BBWAA, whatever the, yeah. the acronym is, they give out. Uh, but these are the comeback players of the year. It's kind of always cool to look at guys that, um, you know, maybe at one point were big in the game and then had some uh, some injuries or tough years or whatever, and they come back. Um, minor, a little bit more minor comeback player. It's not like a, you know, a storybook comeback. But for the AL comeback player of the year, I have, I have Alex Bregman, uh, obviously very talented player. Maybe not even set as a comeback player of the year, quote unquote, but did have a rough year last year. Uh, was kind of really out of the headlines for the Astros team. It was more the Altuve show, the Correa show, the this, the that. And I think that with his talent, I think he could easily come back and, and be the leader of that team. Uh, I think that's that could very easily happen. And for the NL comeback player of the year, I have Christian Yelich because Christian Yelich last year has, has been god awful. awful. And um, I think that if he plays even a fraction, a half of his MVP-esque years, I think that he that warrants a comeback player of the year because he really has just not figured it out. And it's it's not just a one bad year thing. Um, it's it's ongoing. It's been happening. And it's got to obviously be a concern for him and the Brewers. So um, I think he's I, I think he has the talent to be a prime candidate for comeback player of the year. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, the guys I have here in the American League, I have Anthony Rendon, um, a guy that you just almost forgot he was in, in the league last year uh, with injuries and the time he did play wasn't that great. Um, I think he could definitely bounce back again if the Angels can get to the playoffs. That's just upper hand because we just baseball needs those guys in the playoffs. So um, I think he's about you know comeback player of the year. He bounces back strong, bats 300, and you know does his thing again. Um, sleeper pick there, Verlander for sure. After missing the year and Tommy John and stuff like that, he can easily win it. But my pick is Anthony Rendon. And the National League, this could be you know it's hard to pick these guys and how they want to use them as comeback players. Um, but I have Luke Voigt. Getting traded, kind of being the headlines last year, not being almost wanted. Uh, the year before, he led the league in home runs. Knee injuries last year, he didn't play that well. The Yankees struggled. The Yankees wanted to get rid of him. You know, it just seemed to be like it's you know it was inevitable he was gone. Um, now he goes to the Padres. Padres, if he could, Padres have a good year, like as we you know as both of us have him doing. You know, I feel like they'll they'll give him comeback player of the year. So my pick in the National League is Luke Voigt. Yeah, that's a good one because he. I uh, just had a weird year last year. Um, had really good stretches, had really bad stretches, and had injury stretches. So it, he's a, he's definitely a prime candidate. So from there, let's go to our uh, statistics leaders. Again, we're not going to go super crazy with the statistics, just kind of the main ones. I believe we have seven here to go through. Um, a few 
hitting and a few pitching. So let's start with the, the hitting side. Let's start with the batting average leader. So for the AL batting average leader, I have Wander Franco. And in the NL, I have Juan Soto. Uh, Wander Franco really impressed it for such at such a young age. Uh, first of all, he got that huge extension, uh, which is, you know, for a, a guy that's, I think, 20 years old, 20, 20 21, something like that. Um, super impressive. Uh, he put together a string of uh, his on-base streak was insane. Uh, after he hit a little bit of a rough patch coming up, he he just exploded, just always being on base, always getting hits, always getting timely hits. Uh, I think the guy's super talented, and he's kind of – I think he's just getting started. So I think he can he can take home that batting average leading position. And in the NL, I have Juan Soto because Juan Soto is just a fantastic hitter all around. Uh, I don't think I really even need to explain myself. No. I, I think that he's – uh, he may have even led the league in the NL in average last year. I, I think that he already. Him or Trey Turner. I was going to say he was very close every year. So. Yeah, um, so that I got Juan Soto in the NL. Yeah, for me, um, American League. I feel like, feel like the American League was pretty tough. I uh, kind of went with I think a sleeper, maybe an underdog pick, maybe a like you know, out of the hat kind of guy. I got Corey Seager, new team with the Rangers. I think you know he's got the potential to bat three thirty. We've seen it with the Dodgers at times. You know, say he got a big contract. He's going to want to live up to that. So that's a good start leading, coming out leading the league in, uh, in average. And nationally, I also have Juan Soto. Um, the guy's just, you know, he hits. Yeah. Helps to field power, you know, to pull side power. Um, you know, he's got speed to beat some hits out. Uh, so I, I feel like Juan Soto or Trey Turner is your safe, you know, safest picks there in the National League. And I, I took Juan Soto to lead the league, um, lead the National League in average. Yeah. Yeah. Again, safe picks, especially even if you went with Trey Turner. It's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, over to the home run category, the home run statistic, uh, the home run leaders I have uh, for the 2022 season are in the AL, I have Rafael Devers, and in the NL, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. Again, similar to kind of my reasoning for the MVP, uh, but I have both these guys winning MVP. So in the AL, Rafael Devers has come close to that uh, home run title, and I think that this could be the year that maybe some other guys have down years, or he has just an incredible year. Um, that ballpark obviously helps him, and I think he's going to put together a lot of home runs. Acuna, uh, again, stretch because he's missing the first month, or, or he's missing he's missing time, and I'm sure he'll miss more time with his <laughs> the way he plays. But he's a guy that strings together a lot of home runs in a single month, even like a two week span. And I think that he can really just put you know put the Braves on his shoulders and and be like, hey, I'll hit. 13 home runs this month. Yeah. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that if he puts together uh, months like that, then, you know, I, he could easily be your home run leader. Yeah. Uh, for me, I got in the American League, I got Aaron Judge. Um, you know, if he's on the field, he's, he's a pretty, you know, you know, a pretty safe bet to be in the, be in the running there. I'm also coming in, into a contract year here, wanting to prove himself and wanting to stay on the field. I feel like um, the Yankees are going to bounce back. He's going to need him to hit, you know, smash some home runs. Um, and nationally, I got Matt Olson. I'm probably going to pick Matt Olson to lead the league at home runs for the rest of my life. So the guy just smashes the ball. He, now he's in Atlanta, maybe a little bit more friendly, hitter-friendly ballpark than than Oakland. But, um, you know, back home in a in a very strong lineup. Yeah, I was going to say lineup protection. Yeah, the guy could just mash the ball, though. That's a guy who just – he could come in another one. He could hit five home runs in, in a week. But, yeah, great hitter. So uh, American League, Aaron Judge, National League, Matt Olson. Yeah, I mean – I know you had uh, Olsen last year, and he came fairly close. Obviously, Otani didn't really expect that. He, he was right in the hunt until, you know, later in the year when Vlad and Otani went on like that. You know, they both had like six six or seven home runs in like a two-week span, and then that kind of – he kind of fell out of it. But, and then Simeon 
jumped in, but I think Olsen ended up third, I think, or maybe fourth, but he was, I think it was third. He was like, up there. For like 39 home runs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you put him there in a more protected lineup uh, in a place maybe where he feels like the guy, you know, anything can happen, which, uh, you know, to move on to the RBI leaders here, uh, again, for the AL, I have Rafael Devers. Uh, makes sense considering I have him as MVP. Uh, the guy is an RBI machine, um, and I think that, you know, the Red Sox, even in bad years, always just churn out a lot of runs during a game, and he's right at the center of that. And I think that he could put together a really high home run RBI year, uh, even if he's not high in the average department. And then for the NL, kind of similar to, to you know, how you thought with the home run, I have Matt Olson as the RBI leader because I think you slot him in at the middle of that lineup. You've got guys like Ozzy Albies and Acuna at the top of the lineup, a lot of speed, a lot of contact. I mean, obviously Acuna has a lot of power, and so does Albies, but... Um, you have the guys like that always on base, uh, Austin Riley and Adam Duvall or, you know, whoever you want to throw in there. Um, I think he's going to be a prime candidate to to drive in runs because not only is he a great power hitter, but he also hits for a fairly good average as a first baseman. So I, I think that he'll, again, like we kind of just said with the home runs, I think that he, as an RBI guy, will you could see 120, 130 out of him, yeah, you know, sure. something like that. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, the RBIs, I kept it pretty uh... – Pretty to the book here. Numerically, I got Jose Abreu, you know, the guy who led the RBIs for the last five years. Yeah, years. something like that, That's yeah. what he does with that lineup. He's just guys on base. Even if he doesn't have the greatest of years, just guys, a chance to drive runs in, he drives them in. That's mm-hmm. his job. That's what he does. Um, and nationally, Don Arnato. Obviously, those two teams are having good years. They're going to need those guys. But another guy who just drives runs in. And those lineups are going to have people on base and running and stealing and just being great opportunities to drive runs in. So, um, that's... Why I got him there. So, mm-hmm. America League, Jose Abreu, nationally known or not, they're RBI machines. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with Jose Abreu in the slightest because he just doesn't matter what year he's having. RBIs, they're always coming in. Uh, let's move on to the stolen base category. Um, there's usually not much to choose from, honestly, for this category, so you, you might see some similar names here. But uh, for the AL, I have Whit Merrifield, um, kind of a guy that's always at the top of the projection for stolen bases. Uh, really speedy guy, really a playmaker for, for the Royals. Uh, and then in the NL, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, coming off an injury is, is not always the best thing, especially a knee injury, not the best thing for your legs. But the guy is just an explosive player, and I think that he'll, he kind of throws caution into the wind sometimes and says, I'm running, I'm hitting, I'm playing the game my way. And I think that he could easily uh, run to the head with, with the stolen base leadership. Uh, you know, uh, you also got to think of Trey Turner out there. Um, in the NL, but I think that Acuna can run like a horse, um, and I think that he he will if he feels healthy enough. You know, yeah. he'll just like, like I said, he'll just throw caution to the wind. I'm sure. running. Yeah. Um, for me, stolen bases. Uh, American League, Alberto Montesi. If he stays healthy, he's pretty much the favorite every year. Yep. The guy can fly. The guy can. He's on base a lot too, so that also helps. And then you know, Whip Merrifield, his teammate, can also burn in there. Um, but for me, American League, Adalberto Montesi, the National League, Stone Marte. Uh, he had like 50 stolen bases last year. He came over to the A's, and it was incredible. Um, the guy steals 20 more bases every year, but his rookie year and uh, COVID-shortened year. But the guy can um, not just steal bases, but efficiently steal bases. Um, so he's mm-hmm. definitely uh, you know a great candidate for that. So my American League pick for stolen bases, Adalberto Montesi, National League, Stone Marte. Cool, cool. Uh, so let's move on to the... Pitching statistics, the last four statistics we have here. Uh, so the first one we have here is the wins leader. So, again, not really surprising to anybody. A lot of these pitching stats, there's going to be no surprises, at least from me. 
Uh, the AL wins leader, I have Garrett Cole. Again, I have him winning Cy Young, and the Yankees are going to get him a lot of wins, even if he has a little bit of a bad outing. Um, I just think the Yankees can put together wins for him, and the bullpen can protect him, too, if he, if he kind of is a little shaky. Uh, in the NL, you have Walker Buehler. I know you have him as a Cy Young guy. I don't have him as a Cy Young guy, but with the Dodgers team, he's going to get wins. Anyway, you know it doesn't matter. Even if even if he has a rough year for him, it, he's going to get wins. Um, that Dodger team is is amazing. Has a good bullpen. Has hitting. You know, um, can definitely protect the pitcher. So uh, I have Garrett Cole in the AL and uh, Walker Buehler in the NL for wins. I have the exact same thing. <laughs> so there's not much to say there. Uh, both teams have great lineups. Both pitchers are very good at being able to win their games that they're in. Even if they're struggling a bit that day, they'll be able to win, you know, stay on the winning side of it. So, um, again, uh, wins in American League, Garrett Cole, National League, Walker Buehler. Yeah, not much to really go into there. Uh, as for strikeouts, again, not much of a surprise for me. Uh, in the NL, I have Garrett Cole, big strikeout guy, always has been, and I, he will continue this year, same way. Uh, in the NL, I have Zach Wheeler, I believe, led the NL in strikeouts last year as well. Um, I just don't know how many guys can really put up the strikeouts with him. I think there's only really, really a handful, depending on if you have a DeGrom or Scherzer healthy year. I think that they're really the guys that are going to rival him. Yeah, so I, I think that Wheeler's going to put in the innings and the strikeouts, and, and the Phillies team uh, is a little better this year. So, like I said previously with Cole, you got a lot of protection with, with your team now. You got you know um, you can throw him out there an extra inning or two. Um, I know that kind of hurt him uh, last year, but can you know that'll definitely happen more than a few times with this guy. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, American League, again, Garrett Cole. He just strikes guys out. He just has uh, a repertoire and uh, just the velocity to strike people out. Nationally, I went Max Scherzer. If, if he could stay somewhat healthy, um, he's usually a pretty prime candidate there. You know, so I, I just went Max Scherzer in the National League. I think he just needs to stay relatively healthy, and he'll you know definitely be in the top couple. So I took him for a National League strikeout leader. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's I mean, Max Scherzer has been top of the heap for – I don't know how many years now in pitching categories, so can't go wrong with him. No. And let's move on to the ERA leaders for the league. On the AL, I have Shane Bieber uh, winning the ERA category. Shane Bieber, kind of a guy that I wouldn't say people have forgotten about, but had a lesser year last year, so he's kind of like fallen off of the favoritism for the stat leaders. But I think that the guy's super, super talented. He won the Triple Crown in pitching, uh, I think, two years ago when he won Cy Young, a shortened season, but even still... Uh, I think he could replicate that and just have a really good ERA. I just don't think he'll lead, especially in wins with that Guardians team. I just don't see it happening. So I think he can take over the ERA uh, category. And in the NL, I have Zach Wheeler. Uh, again, I have a winning Cy Young. I think he's going to have a better year than he did last year, a little bit less of the shelled uh, outings slash innings that he that he kind of tends to have sometimes. Uh, I think that he'll put it a little bit you know, together a little bit better this year, and I, I think that he's uh, – He's just a really talented guy, and I don't think I really need to keep getting into how you know uh, how much I really like Zach Wheeler. Yeah, now Zach Wheeler is a great pitcher. Um, I think you know the only thing that could hurt him is the possibility of missing some time here in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the ERA category in the American League, I have Shane Bieber as well, coming back from injury, and he's just a low, a low run allowed pitcher. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. So I think that's a pretty you know pretty good pick there. And nationally, I have Corbin Burns. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, and he has a lot of movement, a lot of ground balls. So he kind of just – it's hard to score a bunch of runs off of him. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's just consistently giving up one or two, three runs every start. He doesn't really get them blowout starts, so it's easy, easier to keep him ERA a little lower that way. 
Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's he's tough to hit in MLB the show, so I can't imagine real life. <laughs> yeah. And the final stat category we have here and the final bit of predictions we have for the 2022 season is the saves category. In the NL side, I have Liam Hendricks. Uh, makes sense. I have the White Sox winning 102 games, so, you, you know, or excuse yes. me, 100 games. Yeah, save a few um, of them. Yeah, you're, you're definitely going to get your saves there. And he's a very good closer, so um, he always gets his saves anyway. On the NL, I have Kenley Jensen, kind of new uh, – New environment, going to the Braves uh, from his usual uh, Dodger blue. Uh, but all the same, I, I do have the Braves winning 99 games. Again, you're going to get your saves. And I think that Kenley Jansen uh, is a guy that you bring in in really any situation. Bases loaded, no outs. Uh, and you got to bring him in now. Um, you're up three runs and you're pretty safe or you're only up one run. You know, he, he's a guy you can pretty much trust uh, more or less at this point in his career with any situation. So I, I think that Liam Hendricks and Kenley Jansen – or your saves leaders? Yeah, um, those are great picks, of course. Um, my save leaders, I have in America League, Rossiel Iglesias. Reason being, they'll pull him in for four out, five out, six out saves, and they need him. They need him to get the saves. They, they don't have a real strong bullpen, so they're going to use him. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll be out there almost every day if they're, if they're winning. So I feel like they're, they're going to use him. They're going to give him every chance he can. So I feel like he'll win, you know, he can lead the leagues and, and, and saves there. Yep. And the national side, national league side, I got Craig Kimbrell um, playing with the Dodgers, going to win for me 99 games. They're going to be, you know, holding the lead or tied or, or in close games, you know, for the most part winning almost every game. Yeah. So he's going to have a lot, a lot of chances there at the end of the year or at the end of the games, just like Kenley Jensen did for many years. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, you know uh... – you can't really go wrong with those picks. You really can't, especially when you have those high, high wins teams. Unless you have teams that really blow, tend to blow people out, which does happen in certain years. You know, you you, you can see guys only getting like thirty five saves because their teams offensively is so potent. Um, but I mean, you know, there's really only it feels like there's not as many premier closers as there used to be. Teams don't really the bullpen by committee type deal. So it's hard to just um, be a longevity as a closer too. Yeah, usually it's one, two, three years, and that's it. It's not this five, six, seven, eight years. His whole careers, uh, the Papabons, the Mariano Rivera's, the Hoffmans, Fernando Rodney, guys like that who just longevity at the closer position and a dominance, a relative dominance at it as well. It's, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Rafael Seriano, he had four or five years there. It's hard to do. Yeah. Um, and especially with the bullpen by committee and um, high velocity. One year you're losing a little velocity. For some reason, your mechanics are off. You're out the door as a closer. Their hooks are a little quicker because the bullpen's so deep and strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get the same, like, you're the closer. Unless you mess up like 10 times in a row here, you're the closer. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, you mess up two times in a row. Uh, third time, see you later. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We have another guy that throws 100 and has a Frisbee slider. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, which is, you know, it's becoming a quite a problem for managers to figure out what they want to do with bullpens and becomes a problem with with hitters when you have guys throwing 98-mile-an-hour sinkers every other guy. <laughs> 20 inches um, of run on them. Yeah, so. so. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's our 2022 predictions. We ran through our division standings and um, outcomes for the playoffs and uh, ward leaders and stat leaders and – We'll obviously see how close we are, how far off we are. Um, last year, uh, if I remember correctly, I was pretty far off with a lot of my stuff because last year was just so strange. We had some things right. Yeah. We had an award to right. Um, some of the categories, I think we were pretty close. Some of the win-loss records, I think we were relatively close on. So we'll see. We usually, for the most part, we get a couple things right. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a couple of them are just wrong. But sometimes you're almost 
dead on with some of your even sleeper picks. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, I had the White Sox that year. I had them win in a division. And they had Division One all the way to the last two weeks of the season, and that was quite an underdog pick, and that was years, years ago. Yeah. Tana, Chris Sale, White Sox. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to do that and just kind of see what you uh, can muster up and see how close you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. And baseball's hard, though. I mean, 162 games – you know, things. You're a team that's already on the on the brink, and and you're you know things aren't working out. All of a sudden, you're a seller, which in the beginning of the season you didn't really think they'd be a seller, or, yeah. or all of a sudden a team buys and and it gets an unbelievable trade, and and they're all of a sudden now in the World Series. Just about things happen in the season, and it gets crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 162 games, it's it's a marathon. It's it's you know who's who's really got the endurance. So it's very, in my opinion, very hard to predict um, yeah. what you're really looking at. Some years things just flip completely on their head from what you thought. And you like who would have thought that so and so was going to be the ERA leader or something, you know? Um, So that's kind of our thoughts on the 2022 season. Uh, Obviously, we want you to leave your comments and and talk to us and let us know what we what you think is absolutely stupid and what you think is is pretty right on. Uh, We want to hear it. We want to hear opinions. So that's where we're at. Uh, If you want to get a little bit more of an in in more in depth look at each team. You can go back to our last six episodes where we go through each division, minus obviously the CBA episode we did, uh, kind of in the middle there. Uh, so you can you can go check that out. We'll talk about if it's, if you know your favorite team kind of got glossed over here, then you can go back and and listen to one of those, and we'll you know you can hear us kind of go in depth on our thoughts with with those teams. But we kind of tried to focus this a little more overarching where where do we think the league is looking for 2022? But that's yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, on, that's, on the pretty, season. that's pretty much it. You know, the last little bit I got here is a trivia question for the week. Um, the trivia question is, what players split the World Series MVP award first? And um, I know most people are going to say, oh, 2001, Kershaw and Randy Johnson, they did split the MVP World Series award, but not they weren't the first group of teammates to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is in 1981 for Dodgers, Ron Say, Pedro Guerrero, and Steve Eager. The three of them split the World Series MVP award. Um, they were the first group of teammates to split that award in a season. Yeah, I never would have got that. <laughs> yeah, there's only been two groups of people to do it. It's 1981, Ron Say, Pedro Guerrero, Steve Yeager. They were the first ones for the Dodgers. And 2001 with the Diamondbacks, Kurt Schilling and Ray Johnson. Yeah, that's where my mind first went, obviously, because it's more recent. Um, but to split it three ways. Yeah. Is just strange. I just don't know <laughs> yeah. what they were thinking, but whatever. Yeah, so that's um, the trivia question. I thought that was unique to see that. Otherwise, yeah, the season starts um, this week. Opening day is Thursday, Friday for some teams. Um, opening weekends this weekend. So we'll see what we get. It's it's going to be another pretty crazy year because of some new things, a lot of new changes, short off-season, um, shorter spring training. So it's going to be... It's going to be pretty nuts here, I think, especially the first couple of weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very, very crazy. You know, you can't win the World Series in April, but you can lose it. Yeah, for so, sure. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. You know, other, other you know, smaller baseball news. I mean, we will be the show. Early access came out. The full access comes out tomorrow. So, that's pretty exciting. And uh, for us, we had our fantasy baseball draft yesterday. And that's always a good time to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially a lot of these players we list here or we have on our team's so it's it's you know you're excited to see what you can put together here for a 20 you know two week 24 week fantasy season 
So we'll see what happens. But uh, baseball is among us now, um, and warmer weather is uh, around the horizon as well. So we should have some excitement, some craziness, and um, we'll have baseball. Yeah. So by the time this goes live, if you're an MLB The Show fan, you hopefully have already played it. Uh, it should be out for you. By the time this goes live, you'll have to wait one day for opening day. It'll be an opening day eve. Yep. Uh, so this is kind of perfect timing for it to drop. And then obviously you've got all opening day weekend. Uh, if you want to stay in and, and watch some of the games, there's going to be, you know, always something to watch with baseball and always something to watch opening day weekend in particular. So uh, very excited. If you're not blacked out. Well, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's a whole, that's going to be a whole episode. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, enjoy. Um, there's a lot to watch. We're glad the CBA BS got worked out from the off season. We're here. We finally made it. It didn't take really all that long. Um, we only had to wait a few more, about a week, from what we were originally planned, so it wasn't too bad. And had some big free agent landings, and uh, the 2022 season is ready to go. So um, that's kind of my final thoughts on it. Um, we'll have more thoughts as we start to see the game being played, and we will come back next week with our more traditional week-by-week in-season episodes, um, which you can pretty much set your watch to as uh, – as far as our format. So yeah, again, that's kind of all I got. So I'll look forward to some baseball and we'll recap the opening, uh, opening day weekend when we come back. Yep. All right. So I guess we can wrap this up unless you have any final notes. No, that's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch this podcast on Apple podcasts as well as Google podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel, as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Lepree. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.